Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. This is the We Run the AFC edition of Wacky Wednesday. I'm Adam here as always with Sterling and Richard behind the scenes. What's going on, man? It feels good to be back in the Super Bowl, doesn't it? Yeah, it's great, man. It's incredible. If you would have told young me this is where we'd be sitting consistently now, what, three Super Bowl appearances in four years? I'd tell you, you're a liar and a felon. I wouldn't believe you. But here we are. It's incredible, man. Again, I'm still slightly sick. So for those of you listening, I apologize if my voice is just a little bit off. If I cough once or twice, I apologize. But besides that, man, I'm doing great. Yeah, I remember having talks with my father, uh, wondering if we were ever going to see a Super Bowl in either his lifetime or even my lifetime. That's that's where we were at for a while. So this is just, it's just phenomenal. Got to get that ring, though. Got to get that ring. Well, you know what else is phenomenal? That is KC Beer Company. KC Beer Co., not only are they a great sponsor, it's a great product. KC Beer Co. has a plethora of incredible beer options. Uh, our favorite, obviously, the Arrow Red Lager, and thanks to your support, actually ran out of six packs, but it was still on tap. You can get it in a growler to go. Go to the beer hall, get a bratwurst, get some German potato salad. It's my favorite potato salad get a nice beer on tap sit down have some fun casey beer co using only four ingredients to brew their beer casey beer co dare to beer different let's get into some awards let's do it for the afc championship edition the first award is doing doing uh, something a little different today and it's the Derek thomas award he was a nightmare for people that had to try to prepare for him because he, he had unique skills. He's sacked by Derek Thomas. That's as fast as I've seen a linebacker get to a quarterback in a long, long time. Derek Thomas was the man he shot out of nowhere. It's fun to watch that, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So DT was a once-in-a-generation defensive player for the Chiefs. His pass rushing ability kind of defied physics, and he was a unique kind of player that could take over a game down the stretch. There aren't very many defensive football players that can single-handedly win a game. And we've been searching for that kind of player ever since. And we found him. Chris Stone Cold Jones. Was that the best defensive performance in Kansas City Chiefs history? Oh, man. I at don't least, step on it. At least modern. You know, I know yeah. Bobby Bell, Willie Lanier, and all those guys. <laughs> but certainly in, in our lifetimes, yeah, I would go with that caveat. I Again, I was not alive for Lillianier, obviously Bobby Bell, all those great, incredible players back in the day, so I don't want to step on any toes. But in my memory, in my recent lifetime, I would have to say, yes, Chris Jones was a game changer. He was the best player on the field, maybe even including Patrick Mahomes. That's how good Chris Jones was. He single-handedly changed that game for all the talk about Chris Jones doesn't step up in the playoffs, the sack numbers aren't there, dude showed up and then some. It was just an incredible performance by Chris Jones. Yeah, I would say even better than Patrick Mahomes, especially considering what's going on with his foot. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen a player, maybe Aaron Donald, splitting a double team and both of the offensive linemen double teaming, holding on for dear life. It wasn't just the sacks. It wasn't just the pressures. He was causing penalties, intentional grounding, holding. Burrow dirted the ball a bunch. And even on the plays where he wasn't getting home or wasn't causing pressure, uh, you know at that point he was in the back of Burrow's head. Yeah, and also 
We know about Derek Thomas' seven-sack game. We're talking playoffs specifically. Yeah. We're talking playoffs specifically. And, and the thing with, with Chris Jones, you mentioned, it allows everyone else to step up around it. It was reminiscent, of, in, in my opinion, of Aaron Donald, fourth quarter for the Rams when they won the Super Bowl, right? Aaron Donald just took over. He said, no, 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 I'm taking over. This is my game. That's what Chris Jones did. Chris Jones took over. The Bengals talk, talk, talk. Chris Jones ended the talk one one more thing before i move on there were two moments where i knew the Bengals were in deep shit the first was friday when he gave his pre- little press conference and asked questions and he he finished up with see you all at burrowhead that was the first thing the second thing is the national anthem and he's so hyped that a tear is streaming down his face i was like these motherfuckers are dead they're dead it's over <laughs> and, and, you know, I, and I also think it's not just the talking of the Bengals fans. I think he hears the chatter. He's a polite guy. He's, he's not outspoken or anything. He's heard people saying maybe we should trade Chris Jones. He's heard people say no playoff sacks. And those conversations are now over. You know what I mean? I, I think he had had enough. Yeah. Let's get into the next award, the Sammy Watkins Award. And it's one-on-one. Then against Richard Sherman with Sammy Watkins and, and Richard Sherman one-on-one is just not going to run with him. They've had those chances at other times tonight. They just have not taken the shot. I was there, man. My brother and I were losing our minds. You know, football fandom is a curious thing. You can be down on someone for a long, long time and then boom, everything changes with one moment. We saw that with Sky Moore. But this award goes to Marquez. And if you don't get that right, it is Marquez. If you don't get it right, he will not answer your question. I don't know if you guys saw that. He told, he told reporters, if you, if you mess my name up, I'm not answering your question. He saved us from a wide receiver plague by putting up 116 yards and a tutty. Uh, we were down to Marcus Kemp, who we all love, but let's be real. He's a special teamer. And Sky Moore, who doesn't have that much experience because he's been used sporadically throughout the season. So it was basically all on him with the defensive attention on him. And I thought he got the best of Mike Hilton. And going back to the preseason, when we heard that, that MVS could do a little bit more than just be a field stretcher, uh, some of us wanted to believe that, but we haven't seen that much of it. But on Sunday night, red zone weapon, we saw him do some orbit motion with uh, both Kadarius and McColl out. He had to do some of that stuff. He had to do some of the Juju stuff with Juju out. We saw him give his most complete performance, I would say, even of his career dating back to Green Bay. MVS was the de facto wide receiver one. You mentioned it. Yeah. The Bengals knew this was the guy. I want to give Marcus Kemp some credit here because that's also a difficult spot to be in. He probably wasn't going to be even on the roster, but Chris Lammons obviously was picked up by the Bengals, wasn't allowed to play. Marcus Kemp gets gets thrown into this, had to have three injuries. He had a huge catch. And Justin Watson getting sick. Don't forget about that. You know, that's the other thing we didn't mention. But MVS saved his best game in a Chiefs uniform for the most important game in his NFL career. There's no other way around it. MVS was instrumental. I, I, I couldn't imagine this game without him. You mentioned it. getting open at will. He sharp routes, no drops, and and that's something that could be a little concerning for a guy with drop issues in these huge moments. Is it going to be too much for him? Can he get in his dome? He didn't. MVS deserves so much credit. And when you look back on the contract he signed, 
you're not getting that production, the high end upside for what, 10 mil per season? You're not getting that. Have you seen wide receiver contracts? That's that's a pretty good deal. Even the the numbers for a season long. I've been saying all season long, this is what I expected from him. He's never been consistent. There's no reason to think he's all of a sudden going to be a thousand yard receiver. But for 10 million, this is a guy you could potentially have who's been relatively healthy and who can take over a game here and there. MVS, tip your cap, man. This goes out to you. Yeah, and he drew a penalty. And let's not forget the the clutch extending the ball to barely get that first down. Uh, that would have really hurt if we didn't get that challenge or that first down. The Chiefs in the conference championship round were first in passing DVOA and first in drop back expected points added. And if you consider they were out without what four of their top five receivers, it's just, it's just remarkable. And this is going to build quite a bit of trust from Mahomes and MVS, who who haven't been really on the same page all season, but looked really in sync on Sunday night. Yeah, I like Bryson Cruz. Led all receivers in the game with 116 yards and a touchdown. Not Chase, not Higgins, not Boyd, Marquez, Marquez Valdez, Scantling. I, I, I caught myself. Come on, Adam. I caught myself. That's his pet peeve. I don't, I don't blame him. It would suck to have... I mean, you can't really get either of our names wrong. I don't think. Oh, dude, I get called Spencer so much. It's absurd. Oh, yeah, dude. So I I now respond to Spencer, to Stu, to Silver. If you want to get a little crazy, I've responded to Platinum before. Yeah, I've heard it all. Let's move on to the next award, the Emmett Thomas Award. And led the Chiefs to a Super Bowl title during the 1969 season. The six-foot-two, 190-pound defensive back finishes NFL career with 58 interceptions, 937 interception return yards, and five touchdowns. Wanted to do new school, kind of 90s and old school. So you and I are too young to have watched him, Thomas. But I think it's safe to say he was the most legendary ball hawk in franchise history. Uh, I actually had the pleasure of sitting next to him at a recent Chiefs game, uh, just the nicest guy in the world, showed up to a Chiefs game wearing a suit and just super, super classy dude. Uh, and he was an undrafted player. I don't know if everybody knows that, but he was an undrafted player. So I'm sure he would be very proud of late round gems, Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams for being ball hawks and, and snatching a pair of interceptions from Joe Burrow, uh, probably the second best quarterback in the league, the kids grew up really fast. And honorable mention to two other defensive backs here, uh, fellow rookies, Brian Cook and Trent McDuffie. Yeah, I, this was just an incredible performance. Brett Veach deserves a lot of credit. I think Spagnuolo deserves more credit than he's gotten for having to have these rookies grow up quick. There's a reason why they also traded Rashad Fenton. They knew what they had. They knew the talent level was here. And we saw it against one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Not the best. Come on, Dan Orlovsky. The best is Patrick Mahomes. Get out of here. But one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, they held their own. I said going into this game, I wasn't as worried about the elite wide receivers as a majority of people. I said no single wide receiver on Cincinnati was going over 90 yards. They didn't. I have faith in this cornerback group. I have faith in the in the the speed, the athleticism, the size, they've grown so much as the season's gone on. And not just McDuffie, 
It is Joshua Williams. It is Brian Cook at safety getting more snaps. Legereus Sneed went down and they did not blink. It's impressive what they've done. I think the silver lining of the Legereus Sneed injury is that the kids had to grow up quick, right? They got put on an island against Chase and Higgins and they fared pretty well. And that is great preparation for the next tandem of receivers they face, Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. Uh, I would put A.J. Brown on par with Jamar Chase. Devontae Smith might not quite be what T. Higgins is, but as far as duos go, they're pretty close to what the Bengals have. So I think it was a good kind of test drive for our young guys. And if they look that good without Snead, what are they going to look like with Snead back, who I expect to be back given that he has two weeks to uh, clear concussion protocol. Yeah, and what's nice is typically in the playoffs, we'll see with Carl Cheffers, let's be real now, but typically in the playoffs, the refs let you play a little bit. Williams, who has been flagged at times this year for PI, for holding, defensive holding, the playoffs is typically not going to be an issue. They'll let you be physical. That's why Bashad Breeland was a good playoff corner for the most part. They, they allow you to get away with things you typically don't in the regular season. I like William's size. I like his his physicality. Again, I, I think the Chiefs' corners match up very well with these elite, bigger wide receivers. And A.J. Brown, obviously, Devontae Smith is not bigger. But with A.J. Brown having the size and athleticism that they do. And like with, with Chase, you have to be a great tackler to kind of keep A.J. Brown from getting loose in the open field. You do not want that because once he gets ahead of steam, he is, he's like trying to tackle uh, a rhino out there, but you saw the first play of the game. They threw a little screen to Jamar chase in space and Trent McDuffie tackled him right away. And I was sitting there like, I didn't think that was possible. Jamar chase almost always gets more yards than you expect, but the kids can, they can really tackle. Yeah. The fact they are willing tacklers, more like Traverius Ward. I love Marcus Peters. Full transparency, I love Marcus Peters. But we know he was not a guy who was going to get his nose in there. That's not what he was about. No, sir. That's not what he – he was great at other things. But these rookie corners, they get in there. Legereus need to. They all aren't scared to tackle, and you do not get that with every single corner. That yeah. is very impressive. But you get that with almost every single Chiefs corner. And it's not just trading Rashad Fenton. It's – letting Traverius Ward go. I think they, they had a plan going into the draft. We've got a bunch of kids that we like. We're going to pick three or four of them, and we're going to be good to go. For some reason, it's just a position the Chiefs have decided we do not have to throw a lot of money at it because we are arguably better than anybody in the league at developing this position, scouting and developing this position. Let's get into the next segment, which is Hot Take Kingdom. Adam poses a hot take. Either I join or I say nay. We will have a poll that you listeners can vote on in the chat, either yes or no. Do we join him in the hot take kingdom? Or do we say, nah, screw that, pal. Bad take. Adam, what do you have for us? Yeah, this week's hot take kingdom is the Chiefs stood by Sky Moore as he struggled with muffed punts and kept going back to him. Turns out they were right. Welcome to the kingdom. So this is all about culture. It's a huge part of the the, the chief special sauce and we don't discuss it often enough. Would you agree that, that they have one of the best cultures in the league 
And, and that's why they can go out and get a Kadarius Tony and get him acclimated inside their locker room when 25 teams wouldn't dare even try that. While most of us worry about one play or even one single early season game, I think Andy Reid and co are focused on the big picture. And that's, that's what this was. What's more important, one possession against the Colts or Rams long before the playoffs are on the radar or preserving a second round pick, preserving his confidence. And not, not just that, sending a message to the rest of the roster that you have their back. Uh, the NFL is a tightrope act, right? And I think the coaching staff is determined to let their players know that they are the net beneath that tightrope, that they are not going to let them fail. You know, Sky Moore lost confidence in himself. He said that in a recent interview that he had completely lost confidence in himself, didn't want to go back out there. And the coaches and his teammates just wouldn't give up on him. They wouldn't waver. They, they had unshakable faith in him. And ultimately that is what put him in a position to succeed in the unlikeliest of ways. Uh, I think that even though this might seem to backfire at moments, it pays off in the aggregate, if that makes sense. The, the Chiefs clearly aren't short-term thinkers who get caught up in the moment. And building their players up and creating a harmonious environment are actually a key factor in routinely competing for the one seed. I think they just, their opinion is when a Kareem Hunt or a McCall Hardman fumbles and they go right back to them, the mistake is not what's important. What's important is the opportunity. They look at it as an opportunity. This is an opportunity more so than when they, they do something great and you pat them on the back. Your faith is shown more when they mess up and you say, you know what? That's fine. You're playing hard. We still think the world of you. Go back out there and we're going to get you the ball. It really impresses me. You don't see a lot of teams do this. You see a lot of teams quit on players and a lot of guys flame out very quickly. And, and sometimes it happens in Kansas City. But I think the Chiefs do a tremendous job of sticking with their guys. And in the moment, in that Rams game, I thought, what the hell are they doing putting Sky Moore back, back there? But now I see it. They knew they were going to win that game. And they thought, let's give this kid another shot. If he does something here, maybe it turns his whole season around. And of course, they didn't know that they were going to have the, the first, second, and third string punt returners for this game out and that Sky Moore was going to need to be back there. But I think they did know at some point this season they would need Sky Moore. And I just wanted to make this point. Maybe this is total galaxy brain, 40 chess bullshit. But I think there's something to say about how the Chiefs coaching staff handles players who are struggling. Sterling, you've heard my case. Are you coming into the castle? Should I lower the gates or are you staying outside? It depends how you want to word it. If you want to word it as the, the Chiefs don't go away from their, their guys, they always have their back, their culture, this, that, and the other, I'm with you. If it comes to they knew Sky Moore would have an opportunity later on in the season in a game, and that's why they kept going to him, I'm staying on the outside. Not not an opportunity as a punt returner, an opportunity as a player. I, 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 if you I look, think you can take those a, a different approach there because they never gave up on Sky Moore, the receiver. They never gave up on Sky Moore, the receiver. They gave up on him as a punt returner to an extent. They gave him more chances than they probably should have. It was a great thing that happened. The redemption arc is complete. But if you're going to tell me 
either Tony, Hardman, or Watson are active in the Super Bowl, that Sky Moore returned over those three guys, I don't believe you. Sky Moore was in an emergency, and he was probably the only guy that had real return experience, at least in recent memory, on this roster. I like Sky Moore a ton. It was a great return. I'm still going to have some concerns if he's back there consistently as the punt returner. Oh, yeah. He said, I almost had a panic attack. I, and that's all I'm going to say. Like, I, I appreciate that they gave him another opportunity all season long for this for this moment, right? But this was this was one great return. Only great return we saw from him all season long. He's still not the guy as a return man. That's still not him. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's not really my point. My point is that they kept going back to him because I think that showcases their overall strategy with players that they've invested uh, quite a bit of capital in. They, they go right back to the well when these young guys make mistakes, especially young guys. Travis Kelsey or something, they know his confidence is unflappable. They know Mahomes throws a pick. He's going to be fine. But these young guys fumble or cause an interception or do something stupid, they go right back to them because they don't want, they don't want them moping on the bench. If you remember that playoff game, where McColl was kind of moping on the bench with his with his jacket over him, his teammates picked him up, and the coaches went right back to him. I just think that is is their philosophy: is that we're going to build guys up, we're going to use mistakes as opportunities to show that we have faith in these guys. I'm with you there. Just in this one particular case, I think it was a matter of there was no one else, there was no one else, and he was the guy. I feel. So happy for Sky Moore. That has to be just an amazing feeling, almost feeling vindicated, right? It has to be great. The redemption arc is incredible. But I think this was more of a one-off. I'm with you. They, they did well all season long. Isaiah Pacheco, he fumbles. What happens? He's getting the ball. Uh, Travis Kelsey fumbled. What's going to happen? He's going to get the ball. It's how they operate. If you have a big drop, you're going right back out there, even with Sky Moore. When Sky Moore had a bad punt return, what happened? They drew up a play for him at wide receiver to give him the ball. Again, just for me personally, I'm going to stay on the outside in this one, Adam, because right. I feel like this was more of a one-off than a case of they knew this was going to be the preparation all along, some galaxy brain thought. That's where I, I'm at. I think they, with the health of their receivers, guys like McColl, Kadarius wasn't in the building yet, MVS and Juju haven't been the healthiest guys, Watson's new to the team. I just thought whether it's this year or even next year, this guy is going to be an important piece of the puzzle at some at some point. He we cannot be. let him get down on himself. Oh no, he so, will be. And, and I, be. He never let, it, but he never got it. Let him get to him as a wide receiver. There was never a case of where it felt like he was not a great returner, having issues, and that affected him is as a wide receiver. I felt like there were two totally different parts of his game. And give him credit, that's difficult to do. Think yeah. if you're a baseball player and you're struggling in the field. How does that affect you at the plate? It's difficult to distinguish the two, but it felt like Sky Moore did that. He distinguished himself as a returner from his wide receiving ability, and it never got him down in that instance. You saw the enthusiasm who'd make a big play as a wide receiver. That's not mm -hmm. a guy who was down on himself. Yeah, I think it was a guy who was frustrated, but a lot of players, if one aspect of their game is struggling, they can't compartmentalize, right? Everything starts to struggle, but I think – he kept the faith. His teammates kept the faith in him. It was just a storybook moment. I mean, we couldn't have written something more bizarre than the guy who fumbled away three punts, having to return a punt with the Super Bowl on the line and basically making 
not the game-winning play, but a game-changing way. He he put the Chiefs in a position for Mahomes to make that play with the penalty, and then Harrison Butker. It was a sequence of plays that sent us back to the big game, and he was he was a big part of it. So, like we said all season long, special teams is just so good on Kansas City. That's yeah. what they do best. No, special number, teams, people. number one in EPA, <laughs> not not number thirty-two, right? Before we move on. I see Tone B asks, will Sky Moore, or he says Sky Moore will be the starting punt returner in the Super Bowl. If Tony and Hardman are out, this is a big leap right here, right? If Tony and Hardman are out, we're, we're taking a huge leap right here. Would he be over Justin Watson? I don't think so. Maybe maybe if they're down late in the game and they need a spark, I, I think they're going to look at Justin Watson and say, this guy is just a security blanket. He's going to fair catch it. He's not going to screw up but he's not going to make anything happen. They're going to look at Sky Moore with his speed and athleticism and, you know, running after the catch ability and think if we need a guy to rip off 30, 40 yards, then it's got to be Sky. So I think it's just, if they're up late in the game and Philly has to punt, I think they're putting Justin Watson back there. It's situational. Yeah. I'm with you. So I'm, Hey, look, we agree on something. Just took a little, a little finessing, a little talking out. We're not that far off. It's just, it's kind of semantics, but I think the important thing is that we were both really driving home the point that the Chiefs culture, a big part of that is their unwavering faith in their players and their insistence on going back to them in their worst moments, after yeah. their worst moments. Yeah, the culture surrounding the Kansas City Chiefs is top notch, maybe the best in the business. You hear about it, and so I think a big reason why you see former players still like Kansas City. They still have a great rapport relationship with the Kansas City Chiefs. They treat them well. They understand uh, from the top down, this is how you run an organization, how you treat players. And I think that's also we, we see the results and the actions on the field. And I think uh, Clark Hunt's part of that, I would say. I think I definitely think Clark Hunt is that. Now, some, a lot of owners are, are more problematic than helpful. So I think he's one of the better better owners in the sport. Yeah, very hands-off, very hands-off, anti-Jerry Jones. But, but <laughs> hands-off, but invested. The, the perfect mix of I really give a shit, but I'm going to take my ego out of the equation. Yeah. Uh, guys, we have a promo code with BetMGM for new BetMGM customers for the Super Bowl. This is for all legal betting states. Use the code Arrowhead for a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Using promo code Arrowhead is a great way to support Arrowhead Addict. We get a small fee from BetMGM for each new better that uses our code. So if you don't have a BetMGM account, do us a solid and sign up with code Arrowhead and place that bet. I'm going to get into the long-winded stuff right now. Again, I apologize. I'm sick. I'm going to try and be as clear and quick as I possibly can. And again, if you actually have an issue, make sure you look also at the ticker going on the bottom for the numbers as well. Again, we want to make sure everyone bets responsibly. New customers only 21 plus in present select states. Rewards issued is not the trouble. Free bets or site. Credits free bets expire in seven days from issuance. See full terms at betmgm.com. Gambling problem? Call text 1-800-GAMBLER. Illinois, Indiana, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Wyoming. 1-800-522-4700. Colorado, Kansas. 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-NY. 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 888-789-7777. Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF. Iowa. 1-877-770-STOP. 7-867. Louisiana. Call text Tennessee Redline. 1-800- 888-9789 Tennessee or 1-888-532-3500 Virginia. You ripped it, man. You ready for a little KC stock market? 
Let's pump or dump. do it. Let's do it. All right. First up, Isaiah Pacheco has proven to be just as competent as a receiver as Jarek McKinnon and should receive the bulk of the running back snaps in the Super Bowl. Pump or dump? Dump. I don't think he's there yet. And not just as a receiver. I don't think he's there as a pass protector. Mahomes, while he, he was looking pretty good, he's still not 100%. He's not. I trust McKinnon more. If you want to say the majority of the carries, I'll go with Isaiah Pacheco. I'll agree there. But as, as far as the majority of the snaps, I think we'll see a fairly even split. I still trust uh, Isaiah, um, sorry, um, McKinnon, especially in pass protection and as a pass catcher. The only reason I am doing a slight dump, I want to give Pacheco more, more pass reps, uh, is pass protection. Because he looked... He looked fantastic in the passing game. And the thing we found out with him is he's got good hands. And once you get him in space, that is not a guy you want to tackle. He's not a fun guy to tackle. You know, he just running around like the ultimate warrior. Ridiculous, man. Let's get into the next one. The, the Chiefs' recent tackling is light years ahead of where it was last year and will keep Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, and co. under control. Pump or dump? That's a big pump for me. I thought the tackling was exceptional against the Bengals. And a lot of this depends on if Snead and Willie Gay are back. I feel good about the way the secondary is tackling. But against Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, you want our, our most physical, athletic tacklers in the back. And I think Willie, uh, Willie Gay, I saw, was limited today. If they, they didn't have practice. But you know how they say, if we had practice, this is what we designate them. And he and Trey Smith were limited. So um, I have that right here. It was uh, Willie Gay and Trey Smith limited. McCall, Juju, Legarius, and Kadarius Tony did not practice. Oh, man. Not our wide receiver room is a mash uh, unit right now. We got to get one of those guys healthy. But yeah, I, I'm pretty confident if you look at what uh, Brett Veach did, bringing in Justin Reed, bringing in Brian Cook, jettisoning. Uh, the Honey Badger and Daniel Sorensen. I think the emphasis was on speed, on tackling. All these young corners can tackle. And Nick Bolton, he was terrific. I think Joe Mixon ended up with 19 yards. And Samaje Piran didn't do that much either. I remember one instance late in the game, they threw a screen to, to Piran in third down. And he got corralled very quickly. I thought that was the difference. I mean, low key, we don't, people don't talk about tackling. But last year against the Bengals, we tackled like shit. This game, we were the better team tackling and happened to win. Yeah, I think the tackling is so much better than in previous seasons. You mentioned the cornerbacks. I think the safeties right now are, are much more willing tacklers. Uh, Justin Reed compared to Tyron Matthew, right? I would say, yeah, I think they can keep him in check as well. First match against Cincinnati this year, a lot of missed tackles. This time around, there's not been. We got some comments that are uh... – that are cracking me up. Luttrell says, don't get Sterling going on how much he hates Bolton. See, they do this to me. They know how much I love Bo Bolton and they try to get under my skin. It's not going to happen. And then angry, drunken German with some excellent sarcasm here. I'm glad the rest decided it was Casey's time. Finally. <laughs> yeah, Arian Foster with the uh, trying to tell everyone. I think he was being facetious. If you see all the posts getting... Uh, getting tweeted, talking about Alex Smith seeing his 2018, his game script. Look at all those guys that get hurt, all the dudes that get injured. No, 
the NFL is not scripted. That's just asinine. Do you know how hard it would be to rig a multi-billion dollar enterprise that involves all kinds of partners? Oh, man, we really have a tinfoil hat society. It's, it's kind of sad. But before we digress into that, let's do the last one here. Patrick Mahomes will be 80 to 90% healthy by Super Bowl kickoff, and that's enough to outduel the Eagles' defense. Pump or dump? Oh, pump. Pump. Hard pump. Mega pump. He'll be fine. He outdueled Cincinnati. I think the Eagles are a much better team defensively than Cincinnati, but they've not faced a great quarterback. The best quarterback they faced was Trevor Lawrence, and that was in a monsoon. Aaron Rodgers is the second best QB they faced. This is a massive test for the Eagles. I apologize. My dog is barking. The mailman came, and he's very irate right now. As you can tell, my dog Bailey is livid at the mailman. But what else I'm not livid about, and that's the fact that Mahomes is going to decimate this Eagles secondary. Yeah, I'm trying to think which team I think is better out of the Bengals and the uh, the Eagles. And it's hard because the Bengals have faced superior competition. If you look at the Eagles' schedule, it's not the most impressive thing in the world. And you mentioned two quarterbacks. The quarterback you didn't mention was Dak Prescott, who had a really great game against them at one point. So I'm going to be I'm going to be a pump here. If you look at what the uh, the Kansas City training staff did with him in eight days, now they have 14 days. So and and word out of out of the uh, the locker room is that he didn't um, no significant damage, didn't take a step back. So he he survived the game without re-aggravating it. I think he he might have it was more like a pain tolerance thing, I believe. Yeah. But that's not an easy pain tolerance thing. You don't see many dudes no. with high ankle sprains going out there. It's it's brutal. If you ever had a high ankle sprain, it it sucks. You can hardly put any weight on it. Pain tolerance or not, it's just a brutal injury. A lot of times it's six plus weeks. A little different from a running back or wide receiver compared to a quarterback. He only had sure. one run in him. He saved it for last. Yeah, that's what that's what it was. Was he he had one run in those legs in that ankle. He saved it for last. Obviously, it helps with the the penalty that it attacked on the extra fifteen. But he should be more mobile against the Eagles. If he's eighty to ninety percent, that is already the best quarterback the Eagles will have faced all season long. Again. I like the Eagles defense. I think they're a great team. I've talked all season long how complete of a team they are, but this is going to be a massive test for them. Mahomes, 80 or 90% is more than good enough to get it done. What's so phenomenal about him? I've had three high ankle sprains, two on one leg, one on the other. And each time I've been in crutches for at least a couple of days and he just played right through it. There's something going on with his training, with his hypermobility, and he's just a really tough guy. But I agree. He he knew he could run, but I think he had that in his back pocket all night and thought, I think I can do it, but I don't know the repercussions of it. So if I run and can't play and Chad Henney has to come in, I'm really leaving my team high and dry. So he basically waited, like you said, to the end. And uh, I can't believe people are complaining about that late hit. I, I, mean, I get the weird, the weird extra third down thing, I, the, stuff with refs not hearing and not throwing, you, you know, not stopping play soon enough. That happens, but the late hit. I mean, he was almost past the the white area out of bounds. Like, what the hell? It's absurd. I mean, what softer? Bengals fans complaining about the refs or Charmin ultra soft? It's not just Bengals fans, though. Doug Gottlieb was complaining about it. Someone on Around the Horn said they should get rid of 
the late hit rule. Like I, this is going to become an annual thing where the rest of the league is going to propose that we change the rules every year to stop Patrick Mahomes. Last year, it's, it's what, just what asinine. It? The, it's the, asinine. The overtime rule. They didn't change that overtime rule for us, did they? When we when we lost our chance to go to the Super Bowl because of coin flip, no one gave a shit. But but Patrick Mahomes goes to the Super Bowl because of it, and they changed the rule. So this might be an annual thing. Uh, they didn't change the tuck rule until 2013, 13 years after it happened. That's a good point. That's a good point. It's all that needs to be said. All right, guys, we are going short tonight because Sterling's got to rest that golden voice of his, and I got to get to TikTok. So thanks for joining us. Be sure to join me on TikTok Live here in, in five or 10 minutes. I just got to get set up and uh, I'm going to do a Q&A chat over there. Uh, until next time, go Chiefs. Let's go out and win the Super Bowl, baby. Mm-hmm.